Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline. I write the How to Decorate blog. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Karen. I head up Ballard's branding team. We're We're your hosts. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for the tips, tricks, and tales of interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of the show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at BallardDesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. And now, on with the show. Okay, I am so excited to welcome back our guest today. She is an award-winning interior designer here in Atlanta, Georgia. She has been featured in Architectural Digest, Traditional Home, Veranda, House Beautiful, many more. And she has a brand new book from Rizzoli called Inviting Interiors, A Fresh Take on Beautiful Rooms. Melanie Turner, welcome back to the show. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. My gosh. Like what number is this podcast? A thousand. Oh, gosh. This this might actually be like in the 200s. And you were one That's of our amazing. very first, right? Right. We, yeah. Number 10. Number 10. This is when we were allowed to drink and do podcasts. Uh-huh. And you guys yeah, were, the, you were the You were the first people doing it. Like yeah. nobody did a podcast then. Yeah. And we did not know what we were doing. And you were great. And you played along. You were very, <laughs> you were very brave being one of our first guests because we I didn't know it. at all. It was it was great fun. And it's still one of my favorite episodes because oh. and we don't have to get into it in this this episode because people can go listen to it in your past one. But yeah. the story of your house and your vision boards vision board. is oh, yeah. we talk about it all the time. Oh, you're sweet. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Thank so you. everyone's got to go listen to that. OK, thanks. I'm going to go listen to it. I haven't remembered. It's I'm good. Remember You'll like okay. it. You'll See inspire you yourself. <laughs> yeah, I will inspire myself. Exactly. Exactly. So well. We're here today to talk about your gorgeous new book. I loved it. We, we have a great visual of it right now because it's you have a huge blow up image of the cover behind you. Right. <laughs> um, but tell the name, Caroline. Okay. Inviting Interiors, a fresh take on beautiful rooms. Give us sort of the genesis of the book and then we're going to get into all the beautiful spaces and all of the, the tips you give and everything. So, so what's so interesting is that we were talking about the first podcast I was in was basically on my house. So I had always thought of doing a book on my house. I didn't plan on doing a book on the farm. And um, they decided that they wanted to do a book on us. So it was kind of just serendipity that it, the house became another book. So, oh, is that, are you going to do a book on the house? Yeah. Yeah. The Ooh, next book's oh. going to be on the house. Exactly. Amazing. So, so that's, that's where it came from. Everyone needs to follow your Instagram for many reasons, but also because you're always posting of these fabulous movies shooting in your house. And that is always great fun. (laughs) Yeah. I wake up in the morning to all these Italian cars and people dressed in the 80s and 100 people in my driveway during, you know, a pandemic. And I'm thinking, I haven't seen this many people. I don't even know when. So it does make (laughs) for fun Instagrams. I, I mean, we don't travel. We don't do anything else. So. You know, if I don't have something interesting happening, you end up taking photographs of your cat. So, yeah, there you it's go. Very, it, well, yeah, it's always a trip. Yeah. yeah. OK, I just love your work because your spaces make me think about design differently. Everything seems to push boundaries, even when you use very mm. traditional antiques, like they're in unexpected ways, like unique silhouettes, colors you never see. I mean, I just love your creativity. Where does that come from? It probably came from my parents because they were they were very creative people, and we antiqued a lot when I was little. And um, 
my mother trained with Vidal Sassoon. I'm from Wales and she trained there and my dad always wanted antiquing. So I think, you know, it's an innate, it's good. You're creative, your family's creative. So I think that comes from it. But I also um, love the calmness that most of us crave as women and the restraint and editing that I try to get across in the design and also make it very personable. Like I just want, I like the architecture to speak and I'm a traditionalist and a classic designer at heart. And I really like good proportions and good scale. And I think of the house living or being a hundred years old. And what does that house look like when we're all gone? And if you shook the house upside down, will the light fixtures that are in there still look good a hundred years from now? So I kind of seep it in classicism, bring the personality, edit, add something high, something low. Like on the cover of our book, there's keepsakes of the family. It's her grandmother's sconces. And yet there's a CB2. Sorry, there's a Ballard's table on the... (laughs) There's an inexpensive table in the center there, you know? So it's just this constant high-low, like we dress. Mm -hmm. And and there's masculine and feminine in the room. So both sexes feel good. There's this constant tension. Thank you, Karen. Tension. Tension. Yin and yang. Yin yang. Well, that's interesting because I always, and when I think of you, I think of, um, like you're saying, edited sort of a paired back thing. But I also, in my mind, for some reason, I think more contemporary. And I was, you know, really digging through your book room by room. And I'm like, but it isn't. It's a mix. I mean, you have some very traditional things in there. Um, but it also, some of what you were saying was like, well, the, Putting it together is what makes right. it not look dated. Right. And that's exactly what it is. It's kind of like how we can put a turtleneck and a pair of jeans on, but if you throw on a really cool coat or jacket, you look really hip. And you can wear that same stuff 10 years. And so that's how a room is done. It's it's making sure you have all those elements. And actually, that's what was so difficult about finding a cover for our book is because we do so many different styles. We do beach and mountain and city. And it's like, okay, what photograph comprises everything we do? Because I have people say, well, do you do modern? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, do you do, you do traditional? Do you do color? We, you just finished our house in Montana. Could you do, do you like, do you like color? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's, so it's, it is interesting that everybody tries to put you or categorize you. And I don't think that that's us as a design firm. And so mm-hmm. doing the cover was fun because I think it pulled in, you know, modern art, color, antiques, high, low, mm-hmm. all that in different spaces. Okay, let's talk about the cover because that house blew me away because the color palette is very, you know, it's not something you see every day. Like that, that paint color on the wall is apricot. I mean, where did that, where did the color palette from the house come mm-hmm. from? Okay, so this is a, a classic Atlanta home that a uh, famous architect did and had amazing light. This, and this is actually the living room. And the client had lived in the house for a period of time and knew how they lived and loved the light. In fact, there's no draperies in this room. That's how much she loved the light. And she had pieces that were her um, mothers and grandmothers that she wanted to incorporate. And she loved 70s. So we were, and they're a young family. So we were pulling from what she had, 
thinking about the history of the house and the light. And it just made sense that apricot was such a beautiful color back in the 70s. And so it was like, okay, let's add that color, but then let's add the antique. So, and the light's so pretty. So that's where it came from. It's just the afternoon sun hitting the room. Mm-hmm. Well, I, we've talked n- numerous times on the podcast about um, having a whole house palette. And I felt like this house was a great example of that because you kind of open um, your description of the house with the entryway. And there's this beautiful, I'm assuming, Gracie wallpaper, very chinoiserie. It was a Schumacher. Schumacher wallpaper. Schumacher. And then, so there's blue in the entryway, and then you go into the the living room, which has this apricot wallpaper, but there are touches of blue. There's a blue sofa. And then there's a green sort of um, library that also comes. So it, you could see how each space sort of dovetailed off that wallpaper, exactly. but they were all totally unique. So what, I mean, I'm assuming that wallpaper was the jumping off point. Um, it well, it had a lot to do with the homeowner's art, like the cowboy painting that you're referring mm. to that's in the library. That was huge when they had that in their dining room. And I just didn't think it worked in there, but we needed a big wall. So by painting the whole room, the trim, the doors, everything one color gave me. And the, one of the doors, because the, the architecture did, it was a symmetrical room with four doors on all corners. So we were able, because it was a silver closet, we were able to, they didn't use it. We just put the art on top of that by painting it the same color. So that was the jumping off. And then it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I don't like our house to look too decoratory or too like matchy. Mm-hmm. So, and at the same time, mm-hmm. love monochromatic rooms because they're calming. There's a sophistication about doing everything the same because what happens is people get scared and they think everything has to be the star. So let's make every bathroom special and let's make every chair and every sofa and every, and it's like, no, 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 no. You know, there's one star in the room. It was that painting. So let's mm-hmm. like everything else be mellow. And the husband and wife use that room every single night. They sit in there by themselves and catch up and talk. So it's just, it's amazing. But in any other house, a seafoam green velvet sofa would be a star in the room. Right. <laughs> Right. So it's not like everything else. Yeah. <laughs> well, you put it yeah, up, but I, you know, it's not that it's, it's, when I say star and co-star, it's like, you know, like the cover, just because I'm looking at it right now is the cover is, the, it, the, it's the artwork, right? That's mm-hmm, the star. Yeah. And then everything else. But if you take it apart, oh my God, that chair is really pretty. Oh, the flowers are really pretty. Oh, the base it's in is pretty. Somebody pointed out the owl. Like, you know, all of a sudden you just start noticing but mm-hmm. overall, it just gives you this serenity and this calm and yeah. this artistic creativeness, hopefully. Well, you talk about them using a room that was formerly unused, a silver closet. I use my silver closet all the time. <laughs> just kidding. I don't <laughs> have a silver closet. But <laughs> but some of these older homes, they do. So I love that idea that you're saying. And you touch on it a little bit in your book about using every single square inch of your house. And uh, talk about that a little bit, because you even referenced a house that you worked on that had no hallways because you were trying to utilize every yes. square inch. Um, I just kind of old school about use what you have. And if you don't give it away or why, why have it to begin with? And so a lot of us live in homes and I happen to have a home that has, that's very traditional and has individual rooms. But if you have spaces and you're not using them, what better way to use them, but by walking through. So if you're walking Mm -hmm. through, you really do feel like you're using the space, even if you're not sitting down. 
So in that space, which was um, based on a California house, um, it's under clarity and it's called refined simplicity. And so basically the inspiration was to live like you do in California or how we think Mm. with windows open and light. I mean, that room, we purposefully did not punch out anything on the ceiling. If you look in the living room, there's not a vent, there's not a can, there's not a fire alarm, there's nothing. That's very difficult to do. We end up putting speakers behind the plaster, but other than that, and you can't see them. So when you're in the space, it's it glows at night with the lamps on. It's all done in plaster, so the sun hits it and it glows. And I keep telling people all the time, I was like, think of your ceiling as a sixth plane. Don't think of it as a pimply face with all these pot marks and cans and everything on them. Are you doing a task in every single room? You do tasks in kitchens. You do tasks at your desk. You don't do tasks in your living room, for, or most right. of us don't. You want a beautiful glow and be able to talk to friends. So mm-hmm. think about how you're using the rooms. You don't necessarily have to do four cans and a fan. Right. Well, yeah. I just, I, I love all, I just want to get back to color because, and granted, you have lots of black and white spaces. You do lots of very neutral spaces. I mean, all the, a lot of the beach houses were very um, clean and airy, but I just love the way you use color because every time I'd be like, I just, you never see like seafoam green anymore. Like those just aren't, you're using colors that I feel like are not trendy. And I'm just wondering like how you combine them all together and come up with, and how do how do you even pitch your clients on like, okay, so we're going to do the, uh, the dining room in purple, and then we're going to do a leopard couch and then a green sofa and a yellow chair. Okay. What's going on in that crazy brain? Well, the, I don't know what's going on in the crazy brain. What is going on in the crazy brain? I mean, I pull a lot of inspiration from fashion and color and the way things are put together. I mean, I look at nature and birds and animals and plants and flowers. So everything is constantly an inspiration, but then transforming that into an interiors, how, how we sell our clients. First of all, we have amazing clients and they trust us. And I think anybody who's hiring a designer, like go with who go with the taste that, that relates to you and what you like, and then trust them because you're hiring them. If you're going to be indecisive or you're going to try to manage and control them, the whole purpose is lost and it's a domino effect and the design doesn't look as pretty. So what we do is when we present, we have all these boards in our office. And so we do each space so you can see a common thread throughout the whole house. So it's easy for the client to say, oh, I get that. Or or they, they come to us already because they know that we're going to push them and that we're fierce and that we love color and or the lack of color and that we'll hold their hand and it's going to be okay. Because otherwise, just go do it yourself. And we, we want we want to show them product that they don't get to see or use in ways that are uncommon and still fit their lifestyle so that I mean you're a different person when you're in a beautiful space. It just it changes your your mindset. The other thing that kind of blew me away is it seems like many, if not most, of your clients have kids. And, you know, like sort of if you were to just flip through the 
the photos, you would be like, oh, this is absolutely gorgeous. But then you read the description, you're like, oh, my God, they have like twin twin babies. So, okay, what are our misconceptions about a family home and how can we think differently than maybe, you know, we're used to about decorating with kids? That's a good question. Well, I think when you're in the throes of having small children, you feel like all you're doing is cleaning up from them. So the thought of having something nice scares you that you're going to get it ruined. But I, I've always had items around my children and I really feel like they take care of it better when they know that it's nice or they just learn to behave. I was like, I had one client who her children were allowed to color everywhere. And I was like, no, they're not allowed. Like they need to be sitting in this room and doing it. Don't let them get it on this banquette. So it's kind of just like, I hate to say training a puppy, but it's like there are rules, <laughs> there are rules that your children need to learn. Like I grew up, you had to sit at the table. You had to have manners. Like you weren't walking around with food. Like my children didn't grow up walking around. I mean, it's a terrible way of choking, but on top of that, you only drank water in the room. So that in itself is like training the child how to respect and be nice in these rooms. I think that's most of it. And then the other part of it is that we use performance fabrics. We use a lot of vinyl that can be, you know, sprayed with vinegar and wiped down. Um, we do a lot of editing. There may not be as much accessories and things in a space when there's small children, but you know, there's ottomans to use instead of coffee tables. So it's soft on them. We do big, big chairs so that two people can fit in them. So they, they seem to, like when we go back to the spaces, the houses really hold up really well. Even in the rentals we do down all, along the beach, it can be done in all white. And I walk in 10 years later just to check it out. And I'm amazed that they, they've held up as well as they do. I think people take care of, of spaces when they're nice. Yeah, It's a respect. Well, and not to say the rooms aren't comfortable as well for these families, because I was noticing how much you like a sectional. I do. So many of these rooms that are so elegant and so refined had these beautiful sectionals in them. And I think they get a bad rap. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why. I mean, there's nothing better than having your whole family piled on one sofa with blankets and you can't see a limb or an arm. Like I think that's <laughs> that's how we live. I mean, it's you know, with with the pandemic, we're all about comfort. I, I don't know any of us who wants to carry a heavy bag, handbag anymore, or wear heels. And it's kind of like even in our house, we want it to be beautiful, but we want it to be calm, and we want it to be simplistic, and we want it to have ease. When we start a project with a client, and it's either a renovation or a construction, I look at those plans and think of the house as a business, as something as silly as. You're walking in the door with your groceries. I want to land halfway between my pantry and my refrigerator because the, the bags get emptied that way. I want a mudroom that holds all the backpacks and the coats and the mail because that's what messes your kitchen up. I want a laundry room on a floor with the bedrooms. And so those kinds of things. And some of us are able to do that and some of us aren't, but there are ways of setting your house up. I mean, that, like I said, is new construction, but even not being new construction, you can make your life easier by just thinking, how do I live? What is important to me? Mm -hmm. Melanie, I feel like I remember hearing you on a panel where you were talking about the trend of putting masters on main. 
And I can't remember if you liked it or didn't like it. I feel like you didn't like it. Is that right? Talk, I don't like it, it. Um, I just think that I I grew up with a European household and my grandparents would always say it's good exercise to walk upstairs or the fact that everybody's on the same floor, especially when you have young children, they're sick. You're, 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 if people are really honest, you're playing um, bed monopoly. You, know, you just, you get up, you don't even know where you went to bed because you're getting up in another bed the next morning. So that's going on. So why would you have that space between you? From a security standpoint, I think it's better to be near your children. And I just like the fact that the whole upstairs could be a mess and nobody sees it on the first floor. Like, you know, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Now, I get it as you age, like you may want to be on one floor for this privacy, but I, I just... I don't get it. It's kind of like, let me see how far I can get from my kids. I just, I don't get it. We're the only country that, that sleeps in their own bedrooms away from their kids, but now we're going to sleep on another floor. That, that's just me. I like, I like, I, I think it's nice, but I just, I don't understand how that came about. Mm-hmm. What about the guest room? Guest room on the first guest- floor mm-hmm. is nice. Because then nobody- like, you know, no it's one's privacy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't want to stay on at somebody's house on a hallway with a bunch of bedrooms anymore. Like I just don't want to do that. I know that most people don't. So to have a nice, beautiful guest room, which by the way, everyone should sleep in your guest room, especially mm-hmm. during COVID you, one, it feels like a vacation. And two, <laughs> you know, most people throw their old pillows or their old bedspreads or their leftover furniture when they're a bachelor. It's like, make it a pretty bedroom. And it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot. Like you can go to Ballard's and buy some nice bedding and put it on the bed, put some fresh flowers in there and it looks good. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. like to deck out the bathroom too, right? The bathroom needs to have extra razors and extra, you know, all the little amenities as if you it's were in a so nice. Not and, leftover towels. Oh yeah. no, that's the worst. Yeah. I know. I need to get some for my parents. Well, my parents are the only people that stay with well, us. Well, <laughs> you know what's you know what's crazy is you think your towels are okay until then one day you do have guests and you're like, you they really get grungy really quickly, right? Yeah. It's almost like you, you need, need to have a, four that own, nobody uses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that stay clean. All of yes. my towels have a different color by bathroom. I know people do that. Do you like that? I do like it because then I know where they go. And then I also know mm. that the ones in the guest room are always nice for the guests and I can check them out. And they're, you know, wasn't like my teenager yeah. ruined them and then they got the wall. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it helps yeah. me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I have the opposite that if it's all the same, it can go anywhere. True. Mm-hmm. And, and even when we do a lot of times now we do um, secondary homes, mm-hmm. lakes, beaches, mountains, and we try to get the same size bed. Um, in almost all the bedrooms we try to do yeah so the sheets match so you're not rummaging looking so we do a lot of kings that is genius yes so Mm -hmm. you're not looking for them and then we we also tell our clients like have that extra set of sheets in there and put a little sign in there that says hey thanks for coming if you really want to help out please change your bed even if you have a maid service Mm -hmm. but somebody changing the bed and putting the dirty i mean dirty sheets away is just a really nice thing to do that's lovely especially if you have a lot of guests yeah I did notice a great detail in one of your beach houses that for most of us is very over the top, the second kitchen. But for a house, vacation house that maybe is hosting, like you might host 10 people or something. So smart. Okay. Explain the reasoning and describe it for people. So because um, kitchens are no longer defined on their by their own space and they've kind of moved into the family room, so then I, they become theater. They're also very messy. And so you have 
all the breakfasts, coffee, all that stuff out, toasters, you, um, you tend to have the refrigerator, all this that can be put in a space that's right next to it that can be messy in there. But at the same time, you can leave stuff out on the counter, whereas your island looks clean, stove behind you where you're, you're in charge always looks good. So that's where that came from. And it kind of came from old, older homes having a, like my house, because it's a hundred years old, had a hot kitchen and a cold kitchen because it was when there was no air conditioning and ice was delivered for refrigeration and you weren't going to put it in a room where there was a stove. So it kind of morphed out of that. Mm-hmm. Are your cold and hot Scullery. kitchens close to each other or is like your hot, hot cold kitchen in the basement or were they next to each other? In my own mm-hmm. house, they, they were right next oh, to each okay. other. So the cold kitchen was just for refrigeration and dishes and then the cupboard to put the dishes away and then the heat was done in another room, mm-hmm. the stove the refrigeration wasn't there. I'd love to spend a moment talking about your kitchens because theater is the perfect, perfect description of them. Uh, so unique, so out of the box and, and really just a room. And like you said, it's sort of not a kitchen anymore. Right. Right. Talk about that. Exactly. How you approach well, making them feel like a room, I guess. Well, to me, kitchens and bathrooms are the first rooms that age your house. That's the rooms that everybody tears out. And fortunate for me, I started my career in doing show houses because nobody really knows who you are. So you try to market yourself. And I would notice that in these show houses, sometimes it, the show house, the house would be the show house again. So you do a circle around and it's like, oh my gosh, this is on its third kitchen. So I really try to think of the architecture and the longevity and what are classics. I mean, I was doing, started doing white marble 25 years ago and the architects were like, you can't do this. I was like, well, it's in Europe. And they're like, no, 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 it scratches it. And I was like, but it's supposed to scratch. It's supposed to stain. See, that's the problem is people don't realize that it's supposed to look that way. But that's why, you know, you have all these other stones now, which is great. But it's kind of like for me, I love a white kitchen. I think it's really classic, um, but there's a lot of white kitchens out there. So it's like, how do you get drama? Be, be classic. And so it's like, maybe it's a taupe kitchen with a white, beautiful tile. And maybe it's a barreled ceiling. Like you add these architectural elements in it that give your eye something to look at, even if it's a mm-hmm. white kitchen. Or a really fabulous light fixture. Cause you do that a lot. It was very special. Yeah. You have to have somebody to be able to clean them. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, oh my gosh, in that same house with the the scullery, the second kitchen, the the um, bar stools were like little object, like art branches. Sculptures. They're yeah. they're they're from Bali, and they're they're black, and they the sticks stick up, and yeah, they're amazing, right? Are they so comfortable? Much. Pardon? Are they comfortable? They are comfortable. Can I use them as a weapon? Yes. Yes, you can absolutely use them as a weapon. <laughs> I'm mad at my husband. Exactly, exactly, exactly. To me, a signature of your work is the art that you're putting in these places. And I'm assuming that a lot of your clients have art that they're coming with. Both. But both. So talk about that because, I mean, just striking. I feel like in every 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 one of your projects, the art is just striking. Thank you. That's actually, I think, our forte and what we love the most. I love being able to help artists as well as open clients' eyes to different artists. Um, I think 
I think the biggest shock I had was during the recession, my husband came home with this beautiful piece of art. In fact, I'm sitting in the room with it right now. And it was a Todd Murphy. And I was like, oh my gosh, what are you doing buying this art? And he says he wanted to help the artists out and he felt like it needed, the house needed it. And then once we started buying art for ourselves, it just like a light bulb went off. And I said, oh my gosh, everybody's house is the same. I can go buy furniture. I can buy a sofa for you, the two of you, buy the same sofa in different colors. It's still a sofa. It may look a little different in each of your homes. But if I do different art in your homes, it now has a personality of its own. And that was a real turning point early in my career to understand that the art is what sets the house apart from somebody else's. And it's not to say it all has to be expensive or one of a kind. We're, we're, we place pieces accordingly so that obviously where it's going to be seen the most or in, in a room, you may end up putting something that may be a little bit more. But then we find great print art and put our own frame and they're, they're fabulous. So put together a collection. We also have clients where there's a project in the, in the book and it's a very traditional house. And we went in and we thickened the jams up. It was a builder grade house and made it much more, had much more girth to the home when we were done. Changed the tile in the front, did beautiful black and white checkerboard. And the client said, she was so cute. I love her. She's like, okay, so you have to use all my rugs. You have to use my antiques and you have to use my art. No. Good luck. And I went, okay, <laughs> okay. And we took all the art. I took all the art and I laid it down and I looked at it. And I was like, okay, what's the common denominator here? Which was a certain color. And so we ended up putting it all on one wall. So then when we started, bring, I said, I need to get some art for you. He goes, oh no, we don't need art. Look at all the art we have. I was like, no, you need new art because I've used all your art. You just don't realize it. And I brought pieces in just for them to look at. And they were like, yeah, freshens the whole house up. So we used their pieces, introduced new pieces, introduced clients, and hopefully they have a great relationship with artists. We have one piece of art that was actually on the the projects on the cover of Veranda January and February of this year. And um, the, cl the client, we found a piece of wall covering behind the wall that was 100 years old. We gave it to the artist, Todd Murphy, and he actually used it as the background for the piece of art that he did. So like that kind of stuff. Really cool. Yeah. It makes yeah. it so personable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like that, that that's a great reminder to all of us to take some risks because that is what is going to set your heart, your house apart. So, you know, maybe branch out and do something that you, that scares you a little bit. Yeah. Um, like I think the best artists are the children. So if you can get your child to draw something really cool and then go down and have it blown up and put in a frame, mm -hmm. My gosh, looks like a Picasso. <laughs> Done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell Picasso you said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So Karen was talking about your kitchens. I feel like your dining rooms where I just love zeroing in on them because, okay, first off, your table never matched your chairs, which I loved. Um, like maybe like there was one room that had this great black um, table with sort of a gold detail. And then you had white Klismos chairs with a with purple fabric. I mean, right. Um, and then also you very rarely use the same chair all the way around. Most of the time you're mixing at least two, sometimes three different seating options. So, so what is that? What's what, why are you doing that? And, um, and is that, is that to create drama or, 
what's what's the purpose? Well, you, you hit on it. Drama is drama's nice because, again, the dining room doesn't get used as much. Hopefully these days it gets used as an office or a homework room as well. But, um, yeah, the drama of mixing something up. But, yeah, it, even when we're mixing chairs, like the fabric may be the same or the finish may be the same so that they're, they're cousins or sisters, so to speak, at the table. Um, yeah, I just – I like, I like it looking like it's collected and that you didn't go out and buy a suit of a dining room mm-hmm. chair. And even though when I was yeah. growing up, like you were it if yeah. you had matching chairs and table. So, <laughs> yeah. so now it's like, let's separate them. Let's paint them. Let's do this. Yeah. Do you, um, I don't know if you realize this, but the cover of the book, the home that we did, those are, those are Ballard chairs the in the trim? dining room. Okay. I was with the pink trim. Pardon? Mm-hmm. Pink welt. It's blue with a pink trim. It's a it's oh, like a it's burgundy welt. Yes. Yes. Okay. I was looking at them and I was like, they kind of look like our Louis chairs. No, nope. they're probably not. They, they look are. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. They are. Yeah, <laughs> they looked really pretty in the space, and that was an existing um, dining room table and an existing carpet, and the the light fixture had come from another really historical home, but had been in that home for a period of time. So it was just a matter of like adding the ballad chairs and doing a really mm-hmm. modern piece of art. It wasn't, you know, people can do no, this themselves. No, Melanie. Don't do it yourself. Hire a professional. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, it's nice using what people have to. Right, right. Um, well, you also love a banquette and I love seeing those because some, like you would do, you know, what looked like maybe a 12 feet Mm-hmm. all against the wall oh, in a kitchen yeah. with two tables. I mean, I love the big cats. They look so cozy. Yeah. There's and even nothing in, better than a uh, big a study. It just, it feels, it's a sofa in the kitchen. You did the dark, yeah. Emerald, not, yeah. I don't know if it's emerald green, but yes. a dark green against the dark green wall in, in the gentleman's study. And oh my God, I fell in love with that. I just thought that was amazing. I feel like there was a black yeah. one in there yeah. somewhere that was Give awesome. Me a good bacon, and a white day. vinyl one that was awesome. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. We like banquettes. We do. It's just, you know, scoot over. And a lot of times what I do, if they get too long, I separate the table and cut it in half so you can slide oh. through the middle. Um, mm. the, yeah, the same, smart. The same house that was on the cover of Veranda that's that's in the book as well, um, it has kind of a bistro French look in the kitchen. And we did two tables so that if there's only two of you dining, you're not sitting at this one big table and you can still cut through to get to the banquet. I have, have a very controversial space. question. Get ready. Yeah, I know. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, there's a lot of divided thought process around this. Books. Your books go with the room. Like there there was one entire library that was sort of, oh, oh not the ones like, you write. The ones in the space. The, right. Decorative books on a the shelf. decorative books. So you had one entire library shelves. that was like all salmon leather, it looked like to me. That looked, I mean, it was fat. It was like an art installation of books. I was gorgeous. Those are real And then books. you had one whole library that the books were flipped around. So yeah. you didn't see the spine. You just saw the, and then I, there right. might've been a few others where they coordinated with the space. Is that necessary? Do they turn those books back around after the photo shoot? What's really going on? Um, there's a couple of things going on. Um, used books can be an inexpensive way of adding a lot of oomph to a space. So we buy the used books and turn them around and give a um, calmness to the space and let you know it's a library. And look, I am a huge reader. I love books probably more than anybody. And sometimes I do get 
I do get people saying to me, oh my gosh, you can't read the, you can't read the title. And I'm like, I don't know about you guys, but um, there may be a handful of books I want to read twice or a reference, maybe a poetry book or a quote. But for the most part, I've read it. I'm good. Uh, I've seen a movie. I'm good. Like, I don't need to see it again. Like, I don't mean disrespect for people because I grew up in a household of books everywhere. In fact, my first design job was probably when I was nine. And my dad had bookshelves that were covered with Peter Max wall covering. I don't know if anybody knows who that is. And the books were all pushed towards the end of the bookshelf, which is where they should be. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 let's push them all back. So I went through and pushed them all back and thought I had done a great job on these bookcases. So (laughs) bookcases have been in my family a long time. Um, Maybe TMI when it comes to that. But anyway, I, I think there are places that I do love seeing all the titles. And we do that a lot, too. So in, the, in this situation, the books are being used because it needed to neutralize and go away and be, like I said earlier, a co-star and not a star of the space. The bookshelves themselves, because they're done in this beautiful oak that's washed in black, and then the screws are like a Cartier watch. Like That's what was popping in the space. So that's an unusual bookshelf. So that's why in that situation. The leather, it's a ladies' lounge. So these books are all titled with funniest titles ever. I can't think of one now, but they're actual books. So you can they actually pull them out and look at them. Like I said, then, it was almost like, like an a, installation. Yeah, so we do, we do um, both. We do, you know, and mass like that. Just, oof. yeah, it was with, yeah. And that's one of those rooms. It's kind of like, it was all lacquered in this beautiful peachy color and then we had an artist go in and paint gold and add the balls for the architecture and it was a, originally it was a library because it's an old Shetsy house that was in lar- the house had enlarged and it's like what do we do with this space oh let's make it a ladies lounge and now it has a beautiful desk in it to work and a fireplace and these white leather off off white leather books like that's what a lady would have okay so I just love I've as I've mentioned ad nauseum already, I just love your sense of color. So can you, what are, like, what colors are you gravitating towards now? What colors do you think we're all going to be craving in the future? Oh, sunny colors. I think everybody wants something bright and fun and light that um, between coming out of the winter or being stuck indoors like we have, you just want to feel airy and light. Like, um, I don't know. I think the color of the year or like yellow is very dominant, which is funny because we do use yellow. And it's funny how people is like, I don't like yellow. And I was like, well, no, you just use a little bit of it. You know, that odd thing that you, a uh, color you throw in there. But I think bright colors. And um, um, I think that they people want them really saturated and deep for nighttime or for, for evening or for that mood. And then during the day, you want something light and bright. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily like a favorite. Like all, I love all color. Okay. I'm also wondering, you have a whole um, chapter around blue and white. But you, I feel like the blues that you pick are not, you know, ones that you see often. And I'm just, I don't know. I am getting to be very exhausted with blue and white. But yours just are so energized. So, like, are we going to ever get tired of blue and white? Well, you know, I always tell people, I was like, half the world is blue. Like you go outside, the sky is blue, the trees are green. So how can you not just, how can you just like those colors? 
Um, and, and blue is calming, especially for moms that you just want something that just, um, calms you down. So I, I don't ever think anyone will ever tire of those colors. They make me feel good. But like you said, in different usage, like we or do a royal blue. I didn't realize how much blue we had until we did this book. Like I, I don't, like you just said, you don't think of me as like a blue and white designer, but there's, we do a lot of blue. So I, there's so many forms of it. There's so, it doesn't have to be a pastel blue. It can be a deeper, and we love doing blue kitchens. We've been doing a lot of those for the last five years, um, which are fun. It just, and I sometimes, look at blue as a neutral, really. Yeah, sometimes it was the accent color that you put with it. That I mean, like there was one room where you, you had like a royal blue and you had almost that same apricot color with the blue. And so that was like, oh, that's makes it look totally different. Right. So. I loved seeing that too. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we have we have fun with the with color for sure. Um okay, so this is this was something that you had in the book. It was kind of towards the end and you asked the question um or there's a question you ask when decorating a room and, and you said what is essential and making those essential pieces really special. And I thought that was such a smart way to think about you know the choices you're making. Can you kind of explain what you meant by that? Yeah, like okay, uh, I'm decorating a bedroom. What do I have to have in the bedroom? Basic and then creature making those comfort. things, and then making those choices like really special, like your nightstand. Is that is that what you meant, or did I take that totally the wrong no, way? No, 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 no. It's, it's it, <laughs> it it says in this. I'll quote this. It says, when designing a room, ask yourself what is essential. From there, search for unique pieces. This bed, nightstand, and lamp offer stylish takes on the most basic creature comforts. What else do you need? And so exactly what your question is, everyone needs a nightstand. Everyone needs a lamp. Everyone needs a bed. So take those basics and make them unique and search for something that gives you joy and is beautiful for you, whatever your price point may be. You know, it could be just having a satin pillow to sleep on that makes that brings you joy and gives you comfort. But in the end, we all need these basic elements and how do you turn them into something creative and beautiful and and you know you can you can go online and you can search you know it's like my my niece lives in new york and she said where should i look to buy things that i can afford and i said go to the markets go to the fleet markets go to garage sales i mean all my silver mm-hmm. is from a garage sale because nobody wants mm-hmm. to clean it facebook marketplace in new york oh, is yeah. amazing yeah Exactly. Yeah. Well, exactly. So he's saying, you know, it's like, where am I getting? And I'm like, get on there. And it's just really, you know, people move and they don't, they don't have anywhere to take that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And at the same time, you can go get a basic bed, a basic nightstand, and then add those creative fun things to it. So that's what I'm saying is like, look, look at what your basic creature comforts are and then make it your own. So like in this particular room, there's a, a beautiful hand painted wall covering, which um, the artisan um, Sally King, who'd never really done wall covering before she's known as doing paintings. She did this on linen for us, which is spectacular. And then we custom made the bed based on a sofa and we got baskets, which at the time nobody was doing baskets and we hung a rope on it and made our own light, which you can do. You don't have to have a sconce. You can hang something from a ceiling and even if you can just get a hook and just whip it over there. So that kind of thing. You, I pile books and use books as nightstands or to hold a glass of wine. So I loved that idea just in that like 
If you make your bed and your nightstand and your light really, really special, that can carry your whole room. And it's sort of a great way to like edit before you need to edit because mm-hmm. then right. you just, you need less stuff. Yes. We all so, need less stuff. Yeah. True. Just, just true. Buy what, buy what you love. And that's, that's really a secret. Whereas people are like, um, I, early on, I had a husband say to me, well, you're not selling me your stuff. Are you like, I, I, I thought it was such a strange question. I was like, what do you mean out of my home? And he's like, yeah. I was, and I was like, I said, well, you should right. be so lucky, but no, I'm not selling my stuff out of my home, <laughs> but I do go to vintage stores. I do have uh, pickers. I do go to markets throughout the whole world to, and just buy it because it's almost like a kid saying, hey, pick me. I need you to take me home. I have no idea what I'm going to do with it. And I take it home and it sits there. And sometimes I fall so in love with it. I, I, my really good pieces go to the people I really love as clients because I know it's a good home and they're going to be safe there. I mean, that's exactly how I look at pieces. Like, yeah, I, I part with it knowing I don't have any place for this, but this is a really good spot for it. And it makes the room unique. Right. And some of those pieces you come across, you're only going to come across them once. 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 You're never going to get that I, again. Mm-mm. I sh- I remember shopping with a client and they kept saying to me, well, before we buy this, where are you putting it? Where am I putting this? Where am I putting this? I was like, I, I'm, I have no idea. Like, I know that may be a shock to people, but I don't know where I'm using this. It could be three places in your house, but it's beautiful and it speaks to you and you love it. Let's take it home. Yeah. Yeah. Fall so, in love. Don't be afraid to fall. In love. Yeah. Fall in love. Mm-hmm. Don't be, don't be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Should we answer a decorating dilemma now? Let's, let's help Is this. Time? Let's help this listener. Let's do it. All right. So this is from Angeliki. Oh, I'm excited. She's from Athens, Greece. Okay. So she says, Dear Caroline, Karen, and Melanie. Hello, all the way from Athens, Greece. I hope you're all healthy and safe. Your podcast has kept me company and inspired me to engage with my surroundings and expect more from them. So thank you. I'm emailing you with a couple of updates, although I completely understand if you have given up on on this annoying room. A, my financial situation has changed and I am now able to make some more changes if needed. B, after six months of sleeping and working in this room, I am done and the, with the idea of having super dark colors surrounding me. I feel suffocated. So I've decided on Aegean Tail by Benjamin Moore for all of the walls, unless you have serious concerns about this. Maybe I can paint the closet doors a different color eventually if you advise me so. Your episode on how to pick paint with Fran Keenan was what inspired me to look for nuance. I love that a and teal has some warmth and sweetness to it, and it can be blue or green depending on the light. After I decided on it, I saw that it's Benjamin Moore's 2020 color, color, 2021 color, so I felt very accomplished. <laughs> Seems like your podcast has unleashed at least some design instinct in me. Sounds like it. So the question in my first email still stands, but maybe a renewed version of them. Uh, what would your timeline and task look list look like for slowly refreshing a room? Uh, What colors should serve as accents to create a warm and creative space, an office chair, curtains, linen, decor, wall art? Do you have any recommendations for book storage? I dislike the shelves that I have now, but I can't think of where to place a bookcase. I really like my books to be accessible. An idea my mother and I had was to empty one of the closets and rework it to make it look like a bookcase, maybe paint it a fun color. Any strong feelings about the layout, considering I work here and have a lot of video calls and And bonus, if I were to treat my closets as a focal piece, 
what would you recommend I do with them? Um, thank you very much. And I'm looking so forward Melanie, to hearing your let thoughts. let me just Sending describe this. Yes. Angelico. Angeliki. Yeah. We're so excited to have someone from Grace. Yeah. Okay. So she, it's, it's, this is her bedroom and she works out of her bedroom. And so she sounds like she's got a lot of calls in here. It doesn't look huge. Um, I'd say it has a twin bed. It has, a, it's a rectangle with a twin bed on one of the short walls. On the opposite short wall is a, a window. It doesn't occupy the whole wall, but I'd say it's in the center of the wall. It takes about a third of the wall. On the whole left run of the room is closets, built-in closets, so upper and lower doors. And then on the right-hand wall, she has a desk pushed up against that wall and uh, a dresser. So she's talking about color, where to put her books, if she should make that wall system, accent wall system, and any other advice we've got. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So a lot. So I personally think like the one comment that she made is that she's done with super dark colors and the color she picked, although beautiful, is very saturated. And if she paints all those walls, that color, she's going to be in another dark room. So if it was me, I would take it one or two in the same Benjamin Moore sleeve. Mm-hmm. In the fan deck, like, yeah, just like, a few shades lighter. Uh, fan yeah. deck. I would go two shades, one to two shades darker, uh, lighter, excuse no, me. Lighter. <laughs> lighter. Um, if she wants to do a color in there. But if she's done with the dark colors, I personally would paint. It's a small room. I would paint the and. I'm all about painting a small room a dark color. Don't get me wrong, but I'm listening to her words and what she's saying. And maybe she's better off painting the room a white color. The two choices I would have is either to paint the room white and add that teal color in a pillow, a chair, piece of art, bedding, or go to one to two colors lighter and paint the entire room, except for maybe the closet doors that take up an expansion of her wall and add white to the space. I also think she needs to move the furniture around. I think putting a twin bed right next to the door, crammed next to the closet, and it's a longer room, is that she what she needs to do is if you open the door, um, the wall that's opposite the closet, I feel like she should put her bed on that wall and put the desk closest to the door and put her dresser closest to the window. So now she has two nightstands. She has a dresser on one side, she has a desk on the other, and she can find two lights and put them on both sides. And then the bookcase, like she said that she's having a hard time find what, what to do with her books. The bookcase should be on the same wall as if you're opening the door, it'd be on your left. And that way it can be a mess or it, it can be, she can go to Ikea and get something. Um, I don't know. They have Ikea in Greece. I don't know what they have there, but she could do some type of bookcase against that wall. And that way, when she's doing her Zoom call, she's at her desk, the closet's behind her, and it's just clean background. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, the the is the bed parallel to the wall, or is it perpendicular to the wall? The bed is okay. Got it. Yes, it's per, it's. I was thinking you were saying push it against, so like one long side of the bed is against the wall, but it's not. It's it's sticking out. No. It's sticking yeah, out with, by the window. So she has a, yeah, so she has, well, the window's at one end and the door is at the other. And, and so the bed is across from the closet with, with her desk being at one place and her, and her, her dresser that she has now. Can you send a little picture of that drawing so we can t- send it to her? Just take sure. a picture and send it to us. Okay. 
Sure, no problem. That would that would absolutely help her. But yeah, so then it would be fresh and clean. And I, I think it's a lot of the layout in the room is not mm-hmm. working for her. I wonder why she needs a dresser with an entire wall of closets. I don't know. You know? I don't know. Like get rid yeah. of that and just have a little nightstand. So desk, yeah. bed, nightstand. Um, yeah, but the dresser can use as a nightstand. She can use both. True. I don't know. If it, you know, if, the, if it gets tight on that wall. Exactly. She's got a ton, exactly. Of, a ton of storage there in the closet room. What about maybe painting some of these pieces? Um, Her furniture? She has- that would be, that's a really great idea because everything's so dark. But again, mm-hmm. people need to realize that if you are taking a piece of furniture, you need to really give it a good sanding. Mm-hmm. Because if you do paint it, it will peel. And maybe that's if she does an ivory or white room is she brings one piece that's painted teal. Mm-hmm. She could do that in the color that she'd selected. Yeah. Okay. I have a, a lot of times. Go ahead. Well, I just love working facing a window. What if she stuck her desk in the mm-hmm. window? Is that a bad idea? Too much sun in the face? Well, it's a door. I think, oh, it, it's a door it's to a the doorway. Outside? It's a patio. Oh. Yeah. It goes outside to a little balcony. Oh, work. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like your idea, Melanie. It was good. <laughs> well, I just, I just kind of scribbled it down and just like, okay. So yeah, it's just a lot of times people have it, the furniture that they have works. It's just not working in the space. Mm-hmm. Maybe she could get a little ring light and that'll give her some nice flattering yes, light for yes. some calls. True. Yes, it, it is. It is interesting in other countries how, like, whether I was in Morocco or India or any of these places before the shutdown and I would be invited into people's home, which is my favorite thing to do, that people still live like they did a hundred years ago where the furniture is all pushed up against the wall and there's a table in front of the sofa. It's just, it's really interesting how it's, it's set up for the basis mm-hmm. and for large mass people. So, well, we want to see some after photos. So try to send us that after you move things around and paint some stuff up. So it sounds like you aren't suggesting that she turn one of her closets into a bookcase. No, because it's a, it's a whole wall. It's not just how in the, in this, in these States, how we have one closet. This is a whole wall, floor to ceiling doors. Okay. So. But what if she just put shelves behind one of the doors and didn't, and like, then there was a door on your book. So she you know wouldn't, what I'm saying? She wouldn't right. see it, like, but it gave her book storage. Exactly. Right. That was one of the other suggestions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Because that would make it look less, you know, make it feel more streamlined. True. But yes. And less stuff in there. And that's why. Space. Yeah. And that's why I put the bookcase like on the wall where you're mm-hmm. opening the door. Yeah. yeah. That's smart. Yeah. Okay. Well, good luck and send us photos, please. We can't wait to see it. And thank you for listening all the way from Greece. That's so exciting. Yes, it is, it's so teal is very pretty though. It's a it's but a I love good it as the idea for the bedding yeah. or a piece of the furniture. That's really really nice because mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to echo what it's you see out the window. In my mind, when you're yeah. looking out the window in Greece, you're seeing yeah. blue and white. And- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, she says yeah. the idea of having a super dark color surrounding me. She's done. <laughs> so that's what yeah. that's what got me. Yeah, yeah. All right, Melanie, can you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work, and buy your fabulous book? Oh my gosh, yeah. That's so on Instagram, it's Melanie Turner. It's M E L A N I E Turner Interiors with Ness. So that's on Instagram. And then the book is 
You can either go to our Instagram and swipe or look under our bio, or you can go to Amazon or Target or Barnes and Nobles. It's, it's sold everywhere, which is, Mm -hmm. which is really exciting. Um, And then we have a webpage, Melanie Turner Interiors. So and we're also going to be carrying in our stores. Yes. So that's awesome. <gasps> so exciting. Oh yeah. my gosh. Thank you. I'm yeah. thrilled. I, I just, I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't believe after two years of putting this book together mm. with an amazing team that it's a reality. I, it's just, it doesn't even feel like it's real. <laughs> what an amazing accomplishment. It it's such a beautiful book. I mean, everyone has to like, you will just be blown away by how gorgeous these spaces are. Agreed. I loved it. Thank you. And thank you so much, Caroline and Karen, for having me on my favorite podcast, Ballard Podcast. Like my Thanks first for coming podcast. back. We love seeing you. So I'm, yes. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. Yes. Big fans. Have me back when we can be have That's me back right. when we can be face to face and drink and eat like we used um, to, right? With your next book. We'll have to have exactly. you back with your next book. So yes. I know that's already in the works. So Yes, yes, <laughs> working on it for sure. For sure. So anyway, thank you, ladies, so much. All right, that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating.